Well, hello and welcome back to episode seven of Walking Points. We are so glad that you've decided to come join us again and uh, we are looking forward to catching up. We have taken a week off during Holy Week and Dale wasn't feeling too well during Holy Week, but he is risen and he is back with us and we're looking forward to this episode together. <laughs> I don't want lightning to strike me, but I am risen. And... No, I, last week I had the bubonic plague. Uh, it was really lousy timing with Holy Week. Um it was just it, it. Some other folks in my family had it, and they had it for about a day or two. But apparently, it decided to camp out with me. But as you mentioned, I have a great radio voice now, uh, as it's still lingering. But I'm on medication, so this is a special episode because there's no telling what I may say. <laughs> That's right. Hey, well, Dell, you're looking great, and glad that you are back with us, and you are feeling better and are ready to go. Yeah, me too. Hey, mention um, how last Thursday because. Even if I was well, you had so much on your plate last week getting ready for that outreach event. Mention a little bit about how it went. I know it went fantastic. Yeah, you know, um, usually here on campus at Southside United Methodist here in Jacksonville, Florida, we celebrate different events during Holy Week. And on Monday, Thursday, we usually have a special service here on campus uh, where there's maybe a foot washing, a special time together where we recount the whole week and press forward into the weekend. And so this year, we decided to go off campus and do something very different. And while we're really glad we did, we went about a block and a half uh, away uh, from our campus to a little city park uh, right next to an apartment complex that houses uh, a lot of refugees. So um, it was great to be with them and uh, do all kinds of fun games. And we had the Easter Bunny and Easter eggs and all that. But we also had um, the presentation of the gospel in Burmese by some folks who uh, could easily translate from English to the Karen dialect of uh, Burmese. And uh, we had about 300 people there, a lot of fun. And uh, well, I think it was a multi-church event as well. We had um, Swain Memorial uh, Church as well as Mount Moriah Church involved, as well as other churches in the community. Folks came alongside and just served folks. And what a great event. And not just staying here on campus, but going out into the neighborhood. and. Uh, one of my highlights of Easter. Oh, it, yeah. That's what I was saying. It was such a lousy time to be sick last week because, you know, I missed so many of the activities and um, opportunities that we had here at the church. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. One of the things that we were going to do last week, should we, uh, if, if we were going to be able to get together and do it, which we weren't, um, was talk about the annual spiritual checkup. And we won't talk about it as much now. I do have it at the website at daletetter.com. Uh, under the podcast section, and uh, there's a, a link to it. And I really do want to encourage folks, if they haven't had a chance yet to do that, go to it. Um, probably best to go to it where you have a printer available so you can just print it out. Um, and that way you can just take it with you, fold it up, put it in your Bible or someplace that you might see you know, daily, hopefully daily. But you can also get a you know pen or a pencil or something and just jot down thoughts, prayers, um, but just as a reminder of, of what it is, it's, it's just a spiritual inventory, really, of how am I doing in the faith? Um, and they divide it between the love of God and love of neighbor, which is something we were just talking about. And, you know, it's so interrelated that, you know, you're, you are talking about loving your neighbor when you're talking about God, and you are talking about loving God when you're talking about loving your neighbor. I mean, they're so closely related. And... Um, so there's 10 categories, and they just, 
they'll ask you questions, everything. How is your personal relationship with God? Are you actively serving God? Are you loving your family as you should? Um, just my forgiving other people. And then it just breaks down with bullet points, some real practical applications of what that may look like. It's not being comprehensive. I mean, you probably can come up with a lot of other things as well, but it's just kind of getting you thinking in that direction. And it's not to be this, you know, thing to condemn you, make you feel lousy or anything, but just to, well, to assess how am I doing? Am I moving forward? Am I moving in a good direction? Or am I not? And if I'm not, what can I do? And I think I mentioned a couple weeks ago, if I'm, is this even on my radar screen? Um, you know, it is interesting. We all, there's an old saying that says to the person who only has a hammer, everything looks like a nail. So, you know, whatever our interests are, that's where we focus our time and our energy and all of that. So it's always good to have something like this, which is sort of a third party objective, doesn't have a dog in the fight kind of thing saying, well, Hey, have you also thought about this and this and this? And, you know, I know when I do this, I mean, I've done this, I've seen this very same one, you know, for a number of years now, and I still find find that things just dropped off my radar screen for a while. It's like, oh, man. Um, Okay, well, now I know where I need to start, so. Gosh, well, you know, it never hurts to take inventory, and um, it's good to know in the context that God is doing something good for us, and it's it's not something punitive and uh, something that uh, we feel that maybe God's after us, you know. No, no. And and I think that's why I would want folks to do it, you know, sort of in liberty, you know, not to look at it as a cruel taskmaster, but, you know, something that a means of grace there to help serve you as you grow in Christ. So, Dale, tell us again where we can get this. Yeah, it's uh, just go to my website at daletetter.com, and there's a link on the podcast page. Uh, or if you want to check out uh, the C.S. Lewis Institute that put this together, uh, I think it's just, yes, yeah, cslewisinstitute.org. They have a great website. I mean, you should go there anyway. They have a phenomenal number of things to read and listen to. Um, it's an awesome ministry. And so I would, I'd include folks, to, uh, encourage rather folks to do that. So either one will send you, you know, you just type in uh, spiritual uh, checkup. Uh, on the search and you can find it. So so if you haven't done that, we encourage you to take a look at the site or C.S. Lewis's site and take advantage of that resource. It's really helpful. So we've talked and mentioned before about uh, pressing into this new area uh, that is the Sermon on the Mount. I'm very excited about where we're going. It's just rich with uh, content and um, what God has to say over us and over our lives and the world. And so, Dale, I'm excited about where we're going. And tell us a little bit about um, what we have to look forward to. I mean, I'm, I was really eager to get to this. Um, we just started this week, Monday and Wednesday, in our men's group. Anybody listening to this, any of you guys in Jacksonville, it's not too late to come join us. And um, But it's the Sermon on the Mount is one uh, part of the Bible. Uh, it's Matthew 5, 6, and 7 that I have read a million times, and um, it's had a profound impact in my life. And um, I remember the first time I read it with an eye toward really trying to understand it and have it impact me. And I remember it was almost a feeling of despair initially because I thought, oh, my goodness, I don't have a chance. 
I, you know, copy of the home game. I'm done. And um, but I, it's sort of the point. Not not a hopeless despair, but a kind of the Apostle Paul's use of the law. You know, it's a tutor to drive you to Christ. And when you realize the one who's teaching this is also the one who lived this out perfectly. So he lived in our place, but he also died in our place, what we just celebrated last week and was you know, raised again. And um, so then what he teaches becomes a way of growing in Christ-likeness and pleasing and loving and glorifying God, and it just changes the way you look at it. So you're not looking at it as um, this condemning law. You're just looking at it as here's who God, you know, A, says you are, um, and then how to live your life because of who you are. And one of the ways I like to put it is, you know, God says you are holy now, go and be holy. Um, you are in Christ, now go live in Christ. And here's what that looks like. So we began this week um, just sort of, uh, I guess, dipping our toe into the deep end a little bit and getting a feel for what we, where we were going to be heading. And we, we did start kind of taking on... I guess it was Matthew 5, 1 through 12, which your homework for this week is to go and read Matthew 5, 1 through 12, uh, which we call the Beatitudes. Um, So we did get into the meat of it, but what I did was uh, just sort of introduced some historical context. Um, Why did Jesus say what he said? Why did Jesus say, uh, why why did he say it that way? You know, why did he use certain language? And that's, it's important. I guess my goal in doing that with the guys this week was just it helps make more sense of the Sermon on the Mount because otherwise you can look at it as a bunch of do's and don'ts for their own sake. If you don't see, like you you, you used a phrase a few minutes ago that I thought was really important. Um, it is a shift in worldview and in perspective. It's um, not merely to make your life run better. It will. <laughs> it will from one perspective. It also may, you know, I had a friend who used to say, I didn't have any problems till I became a Christian. And what he, what he meant by that was just, you know, I realized, wow, you know, I got a lot of growing to do. And so sometimes growing hurts. Uh, you know, there's a, no pain, no gain. But um, this is not chiefly about just adding a few things to your life, you know, so you can check off. But it really is a, a new way of seeing and that's why we sort of nickname the um, the study, you know, living uh, living out the way of Jesus, you know, kingdom life, because it, it, it's a new way of living, it's a new way of life. And so, um, let's try to tackle that a little bit. And Dale, um, let me just back up just a minute. Something you said made me reminded me of how this is not a, a new set of rules that Jesus is rolling out. It's really uh, talking about our identity and the normalcy of what he brings into our lives. Like now that we have a relationship, this is what a life together, this is normal, sort of the mandate of the kingdom, and this is uh, the normalcy of heaven per se. This Sermon on the Mount assumes or presupposes that we're new creatures in Christ. I mean, Jesus is talking to his disciples. He's not talking to a bunch of strangers who've never, you know, who don't have a clue. I mean... I guess there were some people who could have been listening in um, among the crowd who were that way. But it really is assuming new birth. 
you know, uh, Jesus told uh, Nicodemus in John 3, unless you're born again, you can't see the kingdom of God. You can't enter in. And the kingdom of God is, you know, he wasn't talking geography there. He was talking about you can't live under the gracious rule and reign of God in your life if you are not, first and foremost, a new creature in Christ. That is your identity. Only then, A, will this, start, this stuff start making sense to you, and B, will you have any chance of growing in it. So, you know, that's one of the things that really stressed this week with the guys is, you know, if any of you haven't done business with God, so to speak, and given your life to Christ, trusted in Him as your Lord and Savior, you know, trusted in the resurrection we just celebrated this past Sunday and uh, His dying on the cross for your sins and, you know, basically the gospel message. Uh, because this is, uh, the gospel is the gospel of the kingdom, you know, and so it is the good news of what God has done for us in and through His Son, Jesus. And then the, the Sermon on the Mount is, now what does that look like? So I think that's really key. Um, one of the things that, uh, if there were a word that captures the Sermon on the Mount, um, it's different. Um, John Stott, who I'm just shamelessly plagiarizing throughout a lot of this, uh, wrote a commentary and spent a lot of time working on um, the Sermon on the Mount. It really impacted him, and he was a pastor in London. I think we've mentioned him before. Um, great missionary, like a, a, a Christian statesman to the world. I mean, it was wonderful. Uh, he really lived this stuff out, if anybody did. And um, he wrote a book back in the early 70s when it was popular to use this sort of language. But he said, you know, basically this is God's counterculture. And that's really what it is. It's, uh, I mean, I personally believe the most countercultural group of people on planet Earth right now are Christians. Because, you know, I can't dig into all this right now, but there is, you know, there's a world system, a pattern of living, values, perspective, worldview, sort of, uh, as the Bible puts it, the kingdom of this world or the kingdom of earth. And it is, it's, it's counter to the kingdom of God. And so uh, he calls it God's counterculture. And his big thesis is God is saying throughout the Old Testament, and then Jesus takes it and runs with it into the new uh, as he ushers in the new covenant. And it's the idea of being different. And really, that's what the word holy means. It means set apart. Set apart for God, but set apart from the world. Be different. And um, he uses some helpful scripture. I won't read all the scriptures. We don't have time. But uh, from Leviticus 18 and Jeremiah 10 and Ezekiel 20 and 2 Samuel and some other places, he, he talks about God saying over and over again, do not be like them. Um, do not live the way they live. And he, uh, it's sort of like Romans 12, uh, verse 1 and uh, 2, where um, the Apostle Paul says, Do not be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So Paul sort of captures that same idea. And for, um, for Stott, the big verse that I do want to just mention is Matthew 6, 8. He says for him, this is sort of the summary part of the entire Sermon on the Mount. And it almost looks like a throwaway line. Um, you know, he had a, he, he read scripture very carefully, you know, so he saw this, but, um, Matthew 6, 8 says, do not be like them. And here he's talking about, he says, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. And, and Jesus is saying, you know, you don't, you don't want to be like these Pharisees on the one hand, 
You don't want to be like you know, your pagan neighbor on the other. Do not be like them. Do this. This is what your this is what pleases your heavenly Father. This is what He desires for you, and it's a real word a real word to the church today. I think to Christians today to you know don't be like um, nominal Christians. Um, you know that, that that's probably needs more clarification. We won't do that today, but um, don't be like those who are just sort of lukewarm or nominal. And don't be like, uh, you know, maybe the, the secularists of the world or the people who don't care much about the things of God. Be like Christ, you know, be different. And um, so he really, he beats that drum throughout Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And he says, look, you know, your character is to be different. Uh, your righteousness is to be different. Your love, your ambition your value, your perspective, your priorities, your worldview, on and on and on we could go. And things like that. And things like that, as Apostle Paul would say. And um, so he, he, he just emphasizes that, and it just permeates, um, you know, A through Z with what he covers. And as you said at the very beginning of this, it is rich. And, uh, you know, it's, it's only three chapters of one book of the Bible. I would encourage folks that are listening you know, when this is over, or if you get some time sometime today, you know, read that. It's um, It won't take you very long. Certainly read Matthew 5, 1 through 12, because that's what we're going to be digging into over the next few weeks with the Beatitudes. But the Beatitudes are where Jesus is saying, here is what the character of my people looks like. And um, if I had one thing I'd really want to stress for the Beatitudes, it's that... um. Each Christian is to have each of the Beatitudes. So it's not like a buffet table and say, ooh, I like this. I'll have a little bit of this. I don't want any of that. I'm going to ignore that. Oh, that doesn't agree well with my stomach. No, we're to take on all these things. These are what we're, you know, it's a composite picture of what each Christian is to look like. And I know that the first time I kind of got that, I was like, for Pete's sake, I don't have a chance because I don't feel this way. I'm not this. I'm not that. And that's, of course, when the light bulb went off. Said, "Ah, <laughs> you know, well, God's not content with keeping me where I am right now." So, um, sort of as a contrast, and to kind of set everybody up for next week, I found something um, called the Unbeatitudes. It is, it's, um, it's like, I guess you could say it's the Beatitudes of the world. Now, things like this are generally pretty silly. Um, you know, they can't do a perfect job, but it does sort of, if you were to invert the Beatitudes and say, you know. What is the opposite of these things? Well, this is what they could be. So we'll, we'll let you decide whether or not you think it's a good description or not. Um, but as you read Matthew 5, 1 through 12, um, think of these. Or maybe you can even read it as you're listening to this. It says, uh, wretched, so instead of blessed, and we'll talk more about blessed next week. Wretched are the spiritually self-sufficient, for theirs is the kingdom of hell. There's a nice, friendly, startling uh, <laughs> But I, I, the most important part for that is the spiritually self-sufficient. That's, that's really what they do the best work with this thing in is describing that. Uh, Wretched are those who deny the tragedy of their sinfulness, for they will be troubled. Wretched are the self-centered, for they will be empty. Wretched are those who ceaseless, ceaselessly justify themselves, for their efforts will be in vain. Wretched are the merciless, for no mercy will be shown to them. Wretched are those with impure hearts, 
for they will not see God. Wretched are those who reject peace, for they will earn the title <laughs> Sons of Satan. Sounds like a television show. Um, and then the last one, wretched are the uncommitted for convenience sake, um, for their destination is hell. I guess they were trying to find the opposite of what Jesus was saying, and so it's, um, it, it sounds like a hammer when they say those kind of things. But I like best their description of what's the opposite of blessed are the merciful or blessed are those who mourn or blessed are the meek. And, um, you know, find your own inversion of what that is. But according to Jesus, that's where the world is. And we're not to be that way. So we can't get our value system from the world around us, which is hard to do because it's, it's like the air we breathe. And, uh, you know, there's an old saying that if you want to know what if you know, want to know what water feels like, don't ask a fish because it's all it knows is water all the time. And that's sort of like if you want to know what the value system ought to be, you know, we need to go to someone who sort of lives outside the value system of this world, and that's Jesus. So that's kind of where we're headed. Um, that was like drinking water out of a fire hydrant, but I uh, thought it was important. Well, right, Dale. It is also important. And um, so this coming week, uh, go to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, that's the beginning of the New Testament. And read chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. And uh, we'll be pressing into that and looking what it means to be blessed. And uh, Dale will have some more insight to share about that. And again, thank you for joining us for Episode 7 of Walking Points. And we look forward to seeing you next week. 